For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 74. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am okay. You know, it's cold here. That's one thing. Uh, I've been in training this week and it's uh, all the stereotypes of federal workers has come true while I've been there. Uh, I try not to be like, I try to fight against it because I am I am a federal employee. and I'm sure it's the same stigma in the States that federal employees are lazy pieces of s uh that don't do anything <laughs> during the day and i try to be like no no we actually work hard and today i saw it like no most of us don't um I, again i'm in canada that it's, it's seen that way i'm sure it's probably the same thing in the states yes yeah definitely that's definitely a stigma and uh hey sometimes it's unfortunate, but the stereotypes are there for a reason sometimes. Yeah. Like we work, our training, I'm, saying, I'm using air quotes here, is from 9 to 3.30. It's actually usually done by 3. Um, we have an hour lunch. So that's, we, we went from six hours to now five hours and we have two 15 minute breaks. So we're now down to a four and a half hour day. We're paid for a full day, by the way. Um, and then someone has the audacity to be like, well, I'm done at 3. So I'm. I need to leave at three. They're out the door at two fifty-five. It was two fifty-five, and she was already gone. I'm like, you. You had to let, get out of your computer, get your stuff together, and then get out at two fifty-five. What is this? Two fifty-five. Unbelievable. You had a four and a half hour day. You couldn't stay five minutes while the person was still talking. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Talk about rude. Some people's kids and some people's parents. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, do you have an addition for us for episode number seven? I have an addition. Federal government workers are lazy POSs. <laughs> okay. Did anyone wear the number 74? I, I honestly didn't look it up. I was so enraged by my federal colleagues. Um, That's all right. I'm going to look it up now. How, how are you doing? How's like a, almost a week now in, in the new bed? You're refreshed uh, and yeah. rejuvenated? Uh, it's honestly... 
I don't think this is an understatement. This is legitimately the best thing to ever happen in my life. <laughs> Your girlfriend listens to this, right? Yes. And Ooh. Ellen, I love you, but this bed is just utterly fantastic. I never knew how much fitting in your bed actually helps your sleep like that it's like the logic is completely there but i just compl- looked way past it at i could at six four and a grown-ass person that's sleeping in a twin-size bed uh that, that'd be fine but no i i switched to the queen and i i mean i accidentally fell asleep with my laptop in the bed the other day didn't even roll over on it there was so much room <laughs> you're just spreading your arms around like exploring this space like some you're some sort of progressive musician oh it's incredible <laughs> amazing um so no no one has worn 74 but one person has worn 75 and uh, people could take a guess at that don't go look it up don't cheat um but there's one person so next week we have an edition this week is just lazy pos edition not us lazy oh. pos federal government workers POSs. Exactly. So let's get this thing started now, Mitch. Yes. We are going to start by talking about the Islanders' third line. And I know Valtteri Filippula just scored the game-winning goal the other night. Right. But over the majority of the last couple months at this point, it feels like, the third line has not been very good. You could argue with me about a couple months. I'm going to say at least a month, but I, I think we'll ultimately come to it like it's not been what it was. Which is fine because it was overproducing, right? It was, it was, what are you, what, like punching above its weight, you'd have to say? Oh, yes. By a long shot. Um, so when you say they're struggling, what do you mean? Like, are we saying that they should be producing more or are we saying that there's other things here? And, and I'm saying this kind of facetiously because I know you have another side to this. Oh, you're trying to get me riled up. That's <laughs> what you're trying to do. Get uh, you they right should in there. be not dumb hockey players. <laughs> if you're going to have veteran, quote unquote, veteran leadership, how about you have a hockey IQ for me one time? Valtteri Filippula is like a dinosaur. How old is he? 34 years old. Chill out with the dinosaur talk. <laughs> in terms of hockey, in terms of hockey sense. Okay. He's got a ton of life left, but in the hockey world, he's he's running on fumes, Mitch. <laughs> okay. You follow, I wouldn't say so, but I, I know where you're going with this. I I I, I get it. Because like, okay, why why are you saying what you're saying? What what are you because examples, please. Both both him and Leo Kamara, mm-hmm. who are over the age of 30, mm-hmm. veterans, yes. been in this league a very long time, yes. brought in here for a quote-unquote culture change. Correct. Trying to learn, like, be the teachers to the Michael Dow Coles, the Anthony Beauvilliers, the Josh Hosangs. Correct. This, the, in the last week plus, have made stupid penalties at the absolute worst and inopportune times. It's insane. Both... Komarov and Filpula took a penalty while they were down a goal with like two minutes and change left. So essentially what that does is you can't pull your goalie now because you're on the penalty kill, so they're going to be in your zone. And that leaves you with, what, like it was 15 and maybe 35 seconds to work with after that? Yeah. Yes. If you survive the kill? Yeah, that's not really a lot of time to break a tie, or maybe not break a tie, but make it tied. Um, yeah, so there's the one where it was against the Rangers, where he, he um, Komarov cross-checked someone into the boards from the back, so like you have a boarding call, a cross-checking call, and like a hit-from-behind call, if you really want to look at it that way. Uh, he only got one. I guess he's not getting the Joshua Zhang treatment on that. Uh, and I think the very next game, didn't he have a tripping call or a high-sticking penalty? 
Um, so you're absolutely right. And and to me, that that's what I'm looking at. Now, as I'm focusing on those dumb penalties that they didn't need to take at any... Like, Philpos was at the start of the game. It's just inopportune penalties in the offensive zone or just worst time possible. And you're going, what kind of leadership is that? And, and it's it may, it's maybe not fair to, to focus on, on those things and then decide whether they're leaders or not based off of just those instances. But it's just okay, well, we've now come to expect something from them based off of what they've done, right? The first half is you've done good, don't go do bad, and they're doing bad right now, and you're going, come on, guys, you can't be doing that. You can't, after what you've done so far, you can't do this. You can't, please don't do this. In Valtteri Fupula's, we'll start with him, and then I'll go to Leo Camarada okay. after. In Valtteri Fupula's last 20 games, how many points do you think he has? So that, that's why I wanted to make it clear it's, this isn't necessarily about production because I, I think there's a case to be made that what they're, at the, the pace that they're scoring at now is what you would expect them to do and what was happening at the start of the season. No, no, no. no okay. No, no. Um, it's worse. So sorry, you said how many games? 20. In his last 20 games, and that includes last night. Includes last night, so at least one. I'm going to say three. Four. Oof, close. That is a pace of 16 points for a full season. Yeah, so that's, that's that's about half of what he scored last year, right? He had 33 or 34, something like that? Yeah, I think it was 31. Okay, so yeah, he's about half. Or 33. Producing about half of what he did. That, that's not expected. You expect him to be at a 30-point pace. That's about half of that. Yeah. You no. can't have a third-line center give you 16 points. No, well, so you're, you're basing that off the last 20 games, you said? Right, but okay, so what does he have on the full season then? You want to do that? We can play this game. I'll play the game, Let's Mitch. play it. You started it. You spun the wheel. I'm just, I am just kept going. I'm, I'm just, you know, you haven't stopped on bankrupt yet. You he's haven't landed pace. on the one. He's on pace yep. for 38, which so. that pace is good, but it's going to continue to dwindle down that number because he got off to this rocket start. He was a point-per-game player in the first six games. That's right. That's right, but he could always bounce back a la Brock Nelson, right? He still put up 45 points, but yeah. disappears for three or four months in the year. So that's why I, I really didn't want to make it about production because I, I know his production is still pretty good. Comrades isn't nearly as good. It's okay, but it's not $3 million worth good. Uh, I, I really want to make it about decision-making and, and the quote-unquote intangibles on the ice, right? The things that he's doing on the ice. And it, it just seems to me, and I, I brought this up in the Patreon is it just age starting to come through, like the Dennis Seidenberg effect? Right, we signed Dennis Seidenberg that one year after the World Cup of Hockey, RIP, um, to the World Cup of Hockey, not Dennis Seidenberg. <laughs> well, I want to make oh, that no. very clear. Seidenberg is very good and alive. Um, uh, they signed him after that to the, what a $1.25 million deal or something like that for a year. Let's just yes. say that's the case. He came out flying, right? 14 points in like this first 20 games. And then it slowly dwindled away until in the second year where they gave him a $250,000 increase for a $1.5 million deal. He was nowhere to be found and scratched almost every night. And it feels like the Seidenberg thing is happening again with, like you said, a 34-year-old, 32, 33-year-old Leo Komarov where speed was never there and the grind of an 82-game season is catching up to them, I would think. Well, maybe 82, we haven't played a full 82. So 40, half a season is catching up to them. Do you give credence to that? How much weight do you give to that as a possibility? Oh, I, I give 
age a big factor to play. But at least with Valtteri Filpula, you don't have him for next year under contract. That's true. Lou Kamarov, yeah, for three more years. Yeah, that's the, that's bad. <laughs> At $3 million apiece. In his last 23 games, Mitch, how many points does Leo Kamarov have? Two. Three. You're off. God. You're very close each time. <laughs> All right, well. That gives you a whopping. That's going to be like. 11 a, points. Yeah. <laughs> But what's his pace for the season again, right? Again, we can go through the Brock Nelson-ification of these players, and like he still put up maybe not a ton, but a few points at the start of the season. So if you're if you're making this about production, twenty six. That's okay. What did he put up the year before not that? For a third line player, it's not. What if did he, he should be on the fourth line? What did he score the year before in Toronto? Nineteen and seventy four games. So he's having a better season, production wise. Okay, but then he, the two years before that it was thirty two and thirty six. Right, but you know you got to think he's dwindling down, but he's having a better season production wide. That's why I really don't want to make this about production, because you could make the case. Well, I, do. I know, but it's a. I guess maybe it is. It's just like the penalty thing. It's a recency thing. But do you think that the All Star break maybe brings it back to them? They're going to have nine no. days. Okay, <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm just about out. On both of them, but the, but what do you, what do you do? Like I I, I don't want to go with another forty games and me being like this fourth line and be all Eeyore. Oh, I don't like it. Like I got to I got to hang a, my hat on something. I'm thinking this. It's th- a third line. <laughs> That's the issue. Te- their fourth line's their third line, and their third line's their fourth line. Yeah, That's a problem. But again, numbers are just a thing. They're just numbers. It's about usage and number of minutes. So you can argue that it is indeed a fourth line, even though they call it a He's third. He's still getting 14 minutes a night. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really helping myself out here. But like, I'm looking for any sort of positives. And, and the positive that I'm that I'm hanging my hat on is they're going to have a nine-day break. They're definitely not going to the All-Star game. We already know that. Um, they ain't going to do nothing with the bye week and the All-Star break. They're going to have time to get back to it. And, and I don't expect them to come back guns blazing and they're going to be um, these players putting up a ton of points. I would expect them to sit where they are now in terms of their, their pace. Um, but I would assume that their decision making will be a lot better because they're going to have their legs under them. Right. They're, they're not going to be so tired come the third period and make these these, you know, mental gaps. Lazy. I was going to say lazy mistakes. Yeah. Fair enough. So, OK, so then what is your solution then? I would like to choose one between Komarov and Clutterbuck. Oof. Whichever one you decide, one gets in the lineup, the other one is a scratch. Yeah, they're not gonna he's and, got an A on his on his shirt. You can't do that to Clutterbuck. Stop it with this stuff. This is all made up tomfoolery. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't, but it clearly does. You, if you're gonna scratch leadership, why is he a leader? And I'm not using that as a justification to say that I would put him there. I'm just telling you what is going to happen. Like, I'm looking down my beer, and as the yeast settles on my beer, I can see that Cal Clutterbuck will not be scratched because he's got an A on his shirt. Sorry. Okay. Does Leo Komarov have an A? No, but he's got a modified no-trade clause, so (laughs) we know how Lou feels about contracts. So there you go. Komarov is the scratch. Probably, probably, but like we we both know that won't happen. No, but they got to do something. But they have to get more out of this line. 
Yeah, but okay. So they want to get more out of this line. So you take you're you're taking Komarov out. Who are you bringing in? And you're not taking him out of the lineup. You're taking him out of well, you're taking him out of the active roster. But he's still on. Sorry, you're taking him out of the game day roster. But he's still on the active roster. That means you got to take someone who's on the active roster and put him in the game day. Tom Kunakle's going in. No, I am probably waving Tom Kunakle, and I'm going okay. with probably either. Del Cole on the left, Phil Pula in the middle, and either Hosang or Eberly on the right. Okay. Yep. Look. Okay. If that's the ultimate move, you've got me. I can 100% get behind that. I'm not going to. Nope. Komarov has to stay in it, and Josh Hosang has got to stay in the AHL. I don't know why I did that accent. I just felt like it. My biggest issue is. Yes. If you're not going to produce, then at least play smart hockey. And if you're not going to play smart hockey, then produce. Right now, you're giving me nothing. Neither. Yes, right. You got me there. 100%. I, I, we're not going to disagree about the end. I, I just wanted to bring it out to a solution because it seemed like it was a lot of complaining. And that's fair. That's a fair complaint. It just I always hear complaints, and I always want to see what the solution is. And I think oh, that's I'm a fair one. A plan. I'm a man with a plan. <laughs> there you go. All right. I just needed to suss it out for my own consumption. <laughs> Mitch, as we were talking about guys potentially being the odd men out, we can now transition and talk about a scenario in which mm. there is going to be an odd man out very soon. Two, really. I, I put up one finger that I was taking a swig of beer in, 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 but there's two technically. So we'll get to the one that you're talking about, but there's another coming up soon. I think you understand who I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't even want to. We can't mention the other one's name. We have for to for a while. I still, no, we I still have need to. some time. He's skating. <laughs> okay. He's skating. We have to. Let's talk about the defense first, yes. and then we could go back to Matt being angry. <laughs> so, when Thomas Hickey comes back, yes, what do the Islanders do with Devontae's, Lucas Spiza, Adam Pellick? Spiza's what is the move contract? Here? gets fired into the sun. The contract, not the player, gets fired into the sun and they say, thank you for your service. Please, we, we can't keep you on the roster. We can't. Pellick gets scratched and obviously Hickey and Taze play. Yeah, I think that's got to be the most obvious solution. Spiza in the limited action that he's seen this year has been very, very bad. Adam Pellick in the almost nightly action that he sees has been very bad. Taze has been given you production he's shown flashes of being very very good sure there has been some mental lapses in the defensive yeah, he's zone. he's got like 12 it, games in the nhl exactly he there's going to be a bit of a learning curve but you're willing to live with that and i mean him and mayfield together is just an absolutely phenomenal pair yeah and like hickey pulak would be a lot better because pelic pulak was not good it's hard no. to say first off uh, but it's also just not good. They did not do well out there. They were just shots were coming in on them galore. It was not good. Uh, you can't have that going on. Um, so clearly, it's it's, it's got to be Hickey Pellick or sorry, Hickey uh, Pulak and then Mayfield Taves, and then you still got Johnny and and Letty up front. Uh, so that that's clear. Like Pellick's got to be the scratch, and Spiza's got to get bought out, waived, whatever. Wave him, wave him. He he'll go to the AHL. There you go. Yeah, at that point, I think that that makes the most sense. But and how many games has he played this year? Six? Seven? I don't know off the top of my head, but I would guess seven. 
I'm going to I'm going to say it's 7 and I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's nothing more than that. 9. Wow, really? That's surprising. I didn't think it was that much to be honest with you. Yeah, 9 with 1 point. Eesh. Averaging 15 minutes of ice time. Like he's not god awful, but he's not giving anything He's not a net positive. He's just kind of like flatline. You put him in there to hold the position. It's a warm body. And, and you know, to be fair, I, I, it sounds critical, but like I couldn't do that. Uh, a lot of play, a lot of hockey players around the world couldn't do what he does. But in terms of his rel- relative skill to the rest of the league, it's not there. It's just, it's just not there, unfortunately. And so the Isles have to cut bay with him. Look, he's 28. He's got plenty of time to go find himself a deal over in the KHL and still make some decent money and be a decent player out there. Yeah, I definitely think he's someone who can continue his career overseas and be fine. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not really worried about him and his career in hockey. I think he'll be fine. Um, but the Islanders can't keep having him out there. If they're going to play him nine games, and the only times they play him is because they absolutely, they absolutely have to. There's no sense in keeping him around. No. And Johnny Boychuk said this, and I don't think I could necessarily disagree with him. He said that when the Islanders are going to be healthy, that this is the best defensive core he's been with on the Islanders since he's came in 2014-15. I, yeah, I, probably. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Even when you look at the, the, the quote-unquote talent on this blue line when it's perfectly healthy, it's still not great. It's okay. I think it's good. I that you might be able to sell me on that first year being better. Maybe, but he, he. I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm just saying that that's oh, that is sobering when you think about it. Like this could be the best blue line, like defensive core he's ever played with in terms of talent, and it has Pelic, Mayfield. Oh, wow, that's rough. Like they're yeah, like, they're fine players, but they're not great players. No, but with Taze and when Hickey comes back, Pulak. Yeah. Those guys have a little bit of upside. You're right. You're right. And and, and I've said it before, like Mayfield can be a good top four defenseman. Uh, so there's there's talent there. So so maybe if I if I take a step back and look at it in terms of and not be so reactionary, maybe I, I can see the point a little bit better. Um, but it's still... I mean, it's not the Nashville Predators' de- defensive right. core, but I, yeah. I think it's fine by NHL standards. There, there's, there is there is a, something to be said about the fact that they're right up there in terms of goals against. It's not just Robin Leonard. It's everyone else around him, too. Absolutely. So, that's fair. So, we, we talked about the defense. Now Mitch is going to make me talk about the offense. L.A. Double D. Andrew Ladd is skating again, and my life is over. So I, I'm, I'm saying yeah because like that seems like it's a viable option for that third line that you were talking about. This, this could be like, like that midseason trade where you're getting a big name player, except you don't have to actually trade for him. <laughs> Look, two years ago, he scored twenty goals. Just two years ago, he scored twenty goals for the Islanders, mind you. Yeah, and he had like thirty-one points. Do you want? Do you, which one do you want? I don't know what you want. Do you want to complain about Leo Komarov, or do you want to complain about the five point five million dollar player? I'm trying to give you other options here because it doesn't seem like Joshua saying it's being called up, and not when they're going to get a five point five million dollar player again with a letter on his chest. Maybe not chest, but his sweater. 
Okay. Yeah. Lad Filpula Komarov is nightmare fuel. For you. Yeah. I, I, I get it, but it could be effective. And I'm trying to be hopeful here. Like he, okay. he didn't have a good season last year with 29 points. He put up 31 the year before that with 23 goals. And most of those goals came in the second half, remember? And he was playing on the third line with, like, Chimera. And who was their center? Brock Nelson. No. On the third line two years ago? Strom, probably. Right, probably Strom. Oh, God. Um, still put up 23 goals. And, again, most of them came in the second half. So... Yes, he's got a huge albatross, ridiculous contract. And yes, he's not playing to the worth of that contract. And yes, he isn't very good. But he's he can be useful. Again, his course isn't terrible either. Right? He had a 51.7 just last year. Last year. The Islanders were terrible, Corsi-wise. Uh. I know. It's going to be such an old and slow and boring line. That sounds like Barry Trotz hockey right now. That sounds like it. You, you give him, like, I, I, how many years has he played in the NHL? A 14-year NHL veteran with two Stanley Cup rings, and he's already drooling. I, I, could, I can hear him now, like he's in his sleep, and Barry Trotz is going, Andrew Ladd, Andrew Ladd, Andrew Ladd on the third line. And he's waking up with, like, oh, God, I had such a beautiful dream. This is amazing. I had Andrew Ladd on my third line. I think it's more just his cap number that bothers me. If it was, yeah, I know. If Andrew Lai was making like $4 million, I don't think I'd be as upset. I know. Like 5.5 is insane for this guy. It's ridiculous. And for another like a million and a half years. I know. But like I'm trying to make how many? Four after this year. Yeah, give or take one. Um, I'm trying to make lemonade out of lemons here, buddy. That's what I'm trying to do. It's not work. I'm very sour today. I'm in a bad <laughs> mood. Like you've had my lemonade. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, speak- let's talk about something that might cheer you up a little bit. Power play fixes? Mm-hmm. Okay. The power play does not make me happy. I was going to say, speaking of things that have gone sour, the New York Islanders power play. Yes. That's the segue I was going with. Okay. Fair enough. That's a good, that's but, a much better one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a perfect transition and you cut me off, Mitch. Damn it. <laughs> All right, sorry. All right, so I came up with three trade options that the Islanders could look for to help improve their power play because it stinks. It is not good, and I'm tired of seeing Cal Clutterbuck out there on the power play. Okay. So how do you want me to do this? Just run through each player? Run through each player, oh, no. and then we'll try to figure out which one's the best one according to me. Okay. Number one on my list is Alex Galchenyuk. Oh, I like, I I know, like that. And I know what you're going to say, but Matt, he was just traded before this year started. But I am going to flip that right in your grill and say, well, you're telling me the forever rebuilding Arizona Coyotes are going to say no to a couple of picks and a prospect potentially. I don't think so. He is 24 years old. Mm -hmm. He has 24 points in 35 games. He is under contract for two more, well, this year and next year at $4.9 million. Uh, Power play points is 13. This year? 
This year. Okay. On the Coyotes. On the Coyotes. Last year, he had... He had a lot. 26? Yeah, so double. So he's on pace for something around that again this year. Yes. Okay. That is. Do you want to talk about player one, or do you want me to go to player two? Player two. Let's keep going. Player two is Braden Shen. Okay. Mm. We just recently saw Braden Shen. I like that one a little bit less. He is a center. Yep. He is 27 years old. He has a cap hit of $5.125 million for this year, and next year he has 24 points in 41 games. He put up 70 points last year. Mm-hmm. He has seven power play points this year, and last year he had 19. Okay. All right. Who's option three? Option number three, this is your rental. Oof. Already Wayne, don't like it. Wayne Simmons. No, poo-pooing on that. No thanks. Please let me speak, Mitch. <laughs> okay. <sorry. laughs> he has a $3.975 million cap hit for this year. He has 15 goals, four of which came on the power play, and he has five power play points. Last year, he had... 11 of his 24 goals came on the power play. And also keep in mind with his 21 points in 46 games for this year, he is playing on the worst team in the NHL. Right. There you go. Now we t- now we talk. Go ahead. Okay, option, I'm going to do it in reverse. So three, Wayne Simmons, I don't like it. First off, it's a rental. Cap hit is nice and the, the possibility is good. I also don't think that he's a fit in terms of what the Islanders need on their power play. Two, kind of the same thing with Braden Chen. I like Braden Chen as a player. So if you're saying we trade for him just as a five-on-five guy, I like him. But I don't like bringing him in just as a power play fix. Um, Because, again, I don't think he fits what the Islanders need. I think what you're trying to place him here is where Cal Clutterbuck plays in, like, the middle of the 1-3-3. But I think they need a guy on the far side of the 1-3-3, a guy that can shoot. And that's why I go with Alex Galchenyuk, because that kid can shoot from the right side. You have him taking cross-eyes feeds from Matthew Barzal, that puck's going in the net 90% of the time. Or at least on net. So no need to put it to Ryan Bullock. Uh, it's going on net. And I think that's why you go with him. And I th- that's who I'm, I'm more interested in, just specifically if we're talking about fixing the power play. And a player who can give us something that that can translate not only five-on-five, five, but fixing the power play. And I think that's the player we, we go for. If we're going for a guy who can give us five on five, most five-on-five five points, it's clearly Brayden Shen. I like all these options because I made them, but of <laughs> okay. all of them... Sound like a parent. I love all my kids equally. Yeah, but we know on some days there's one you like a little bit more. Oh, okay. Dad, yeah. who, which one of your kids do you like the best? It depends on the day. I love them both, but some days... Elliot annoys the crap out of me, and on Sundays, Bash annoys the crap out of me. Like when she vomits on the couch and we have to buy a new couch liner. That's a bad day for her. So today, I like Alex Galchenyuk the best. I agree with you. Because not only is he just 24 years old, he has a very, very nice cap hit under $5 million. He can play center. He can play wing. So you could either say, hey, I'm going to put you out on the line with Matthew Barzell, let's say, potentially on the right side. Or 
if for whatever reason you lose Brock Nelson, decide to move on from Brock Nelson, or you just want some more center depth and you can hold on to Brock Nelson and Galchenyuk, you start to have a nice center core if you want to play him at that position too. I just really like, if we're talking about power play, I really like the idea of him shooting from the right side along the wall. So we already have Brock Nelson playing there on power play one, and Brock Nelson does a good job. Bailey does not do a good job on that side. He takes way too long to move the puck, and he doesn't have a shot. We've seen him shoot at the beginning of the season, but it hasn't followed through through the rest of it. We need someone there who can shoot it. Alex Galchenyuk will shoot the puck. You take Galchenyuk, you put him on the right side of that 1-3-3, along the boards, in that face-off circle, and you put Bailey in the middle of the diamond where, Gal, uh, where Cal Clutterbuck is, and you keep Bo right in front of the net. I think that gives you a nice, a nice working power play on option number two. Because option number one works, it's just that when option one isn't working, option two is not going to work. And so they need something to kind of give them more, give them another set of legs so that they keep that keep that momentum going. And right now it's just not working. I think Alex Galchenyuk is the best bet. And then there's some some people will argue, will say they'd rather Wayne Simmons because of his net front presence. And that's fair. And, and kind of the same thing with, with Braden Shen. He can drive play maybe a little bit better. But I think with what's missing for the Islanders, Galchenyuk's that guy. He's, he's got that shot that they just... No one shoots. No one shoots the darn puck on the, on the Islanders' power play, except for... Ryan Pulak, who misses the net 90% of the time. He is... Ryan Pulak, we talked about this on one of the other shows, but he is like on... I forget which year of Madden it was, but they, <laughs> one year it was stupid. They had this thing where they had the quarterback vision, and you had to... It was like a, It highlighted the field, and you could like move the joystick around, and it would show like where the quarterback is looking. Okay. He, and based on your accuracy, the bigger the window was. So like Peyton Manning had like the the whole field he could see. Right, okay. He would be like a sliver of the field and you'd have to like completely move the joystick and it'd be crazy because you can't the point is can't hit the net accuracy bad right it was very bad it's very bad um so that's why i think Elchenik works um whether they can make a trade or not i don't know uh who who did you have going again as your is your two you had two picks and a prospect right i did please hold i'm gonna pull that up right was it now. a defensive prospect do you remember I don't believe so. Okay, so mm, I'm intrigued as who you have as a forward prospect going their way. It's obviously not going to be Wallstrom. It's obviously not going to be Dobson, but, like, I don't know, man. Bellows? It wasn't wasn't Bellows. This is bad that I don't remember right off the top of my head, but to be fair, I did three of them, and I don't want to cross them up and say any of them wrong. But it was, let's see. Like, it would have, and and do you remember your picks at least? Okay. Yes. Okay. 2019 second round pick. Okay. 2020 second round pick. And Josh Hosang. Oh. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely do it. And you know how much of a Josh Hosang supporter I am, but I just think he's fallen out of the graces of... This team, for whatever reason, and he's not going to get the proper opportunity here, and Alex Galchenyuk could really help out this power play, which is one of the Islanders' biggest needs right now. If that happens, Incarcerated Bob is going to unblock you and just like throw shade at you for a week. Oh, God, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah stupid. 
ICB, what a Muppet. <laughs> um, no, I, I, w- I would do that trade. Like, I, And for the exact reasons you listed, he's not getting the opportunity here. Whether it's for performance issues or not, um, he's just not getting it. And so if they can get something that, that, that moves the needle for them forward and that, that will actually play at the NHL for good reasons or not, um, you, you got to do it. So, uh, yeah, I like that trade. Mainly because I also like the player coming back. That's a third overall pick. That's pretty good. There's talent there. There's talent there. I think some would argue that he hasn't lived up to his third overall pick. To be fair, the kid's been false started his entire NHL career. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that him playing under Barry Trotz would help him out a ton. And he's still young, too. Like I said, 24. He's going to turn 25 pretty soon, but that's still an extremely young player. And he's got how many years on his deal? Do you remember? I'll look it's it this year and next year. So until he turns, until he becomes an RFA, then, or a UFA, I should say. I'll look at it. Uh, no, because he'll be twenty six at the end of his deal, so that's still an RFA. No. Yep, that makes sense. Yep, definitely. So good, still under team control for at least another year after that. So that's that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I would definitely do that trade, and I, I've I've liked Alex Galchenyuk for a while. Um, but who knows? He could play anywhere. Left, right, right wing, center. I said right twice. Um, yeah, he's got two years. That's crazy. That's outstanding. What a good deal. Um, but we'll see if they can get it done. I don't know if the, the Coyotes are willing to, to move him yet. Although, no. why wouldn't but if they? You give, if you dangle picks and a prospect who they can put in their lineup right now in front of their face, I yeah, think that you'd have to think long and hard about it. So Cap Friendly has him as UFA at the end of his deal, because he turns he'll turn twenty five this year on February twelfth. So at the end of his deal, he will be twenty seven. Okay, but still two years at four point nine million dollars, and if someone's going to help you on the power play, go from the basement to at least middle of the pack. You got to do that. Absolutely, I think I definitely think you have to. Yeah. Okay, do we want to move on to the next thing? Yes, let's keep this thing rolling right along. Speaking of trades and stuff like that, there is someone else on the Islanders who could potentially be traded. He could be held on to, could be extended. There's a lot of options for this player, and his name is Jordan Eberle, and he's heating up right now, too, to make things even more complicated. Mm -hmm. So I wrote this, and I, I put out four suggestions of where he could go. And these aren't the only good options out there. They're the best ones that I could think of. Again, these are trades, so no one ever has them right. That no one has the best option out there. Um, they're just suggestions. So these are four places where, I, when I was looking around the league, looking at depth charts and thinking, where could he possibly go? Where would need someone, or what team would need someone like him? And where what team would not only need a right wing but have a player that we might be interested in? And I came up with the. Arizona Coyotes because, well, they, they have Clayton Keller and Marion Hosa on the right. That's their depth chart on the right. Marion Hosa. Yeah. Marion Hosa. <laughs> Marion Hosa doesn't play because he's got bad skin. Also, like, he's making like a million, so he doesn't need to do that anymore. Ottawa Senators have Mark Stone and Bobby Ryan. Uh, they're probably going to lose Mark Stone. Well, they might not lose Mark Stone, but Bobby Ryan's a third-line player. He's paid, like, top of the NHL at $7.25 million a year, but... He's definitely not up there in terms of production. I looked at the St. Louis Blues, who have Tarasenko and Steen on the right. And Tarasenko, obviously, top line right wing. Uh, but Steen is tailing off and looks like a, a third line right wing. Uh, and they also need a ton of offense right now. 
And then the Carolina Hurricanes for uh, they have Justin Williams, who's probably going to call it quits at the end of this one. It's his last year. He's thirty six, I think. I think thirty six is right. And they yeah. got Andrei Svechnikov. They also Tuivo Teravainen who's playing in the right, but that that guy's a center. He's a center. He should be playing center. I agree. Um, and they they ain't scoring at all. So those are my four options. Um, in terms of what player I wanted from Carolina, I wanted Dougie Hamilton from St. Louis is. Brayden Shen that you mentioned earlier. Hey. Ottawa, it was um, Matt Duchesne because I think that's the only real player that we can probably get out of there. And then in Carolina, I, or Carolina, Arizona, I put a question mark because I have no idea. I, who do we want out of there? Galchenyuk, I guess now, but like when you look at it, Antti Ranta and Oliver ekman Larson, the only other players that have any sort of value? I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think OEL's going anywhere. No, not after the deal he signs. So like, Great. So do you have a better destination or do you think that one of those four fit? Or no. Let's start off first this way. Let's back it up. Does he actually okay. get traded at the trade deadline? I All year long in preseason, I was thinking that he would. And that was because I didn't expect the Islanders to be in it. But since they are in a playoff spot, I can't see Lou Lamarillo trading Jordan Eberle. I'm I'm slowly going that way as well. Like when I wrote this, I said that they can't let him walk for nothing because if they let him walk for nothing, that means in the last three seasons they let Kyle Poso, Franz Nielsen, John Tavares, and Jordan Eberle walk for nothing. It is the last four, but I get. That. Is it four? Yeah. No. It was after fifteen six. That's right. Ah. Oh well. That's fine. Um. That's a lot. That's a lot to let walk. No, it, it is, and I think that I wouldn't be mad at it depending on, let's say you get something back, like if you used Eberly and you were getting Matt Duchesne back in that deal, then it's oh, you're yeah. swapping needs, then that's fine. But if you're just selling it for like picks and prospects, then that's different. I don't think you're in a position to do that right now. No, and, and that, that that's just it, right? It comes to the point where can you trade him and why would you do that when you're in – not only a race for the playoffs, but a race for the division lead. Right. That's, but like you said, if you're, you're, you're returning Matt Duchesne, then that's fine. Then you're, you're swapping talent for talent and you're upgrading on the talent. But you can't let him go and bring nothing back. No, and I thought that, um, if anything, look to trade him to a uh, contender, possibly. I wouldn't... Looked at because the teams that you mentioned are most of the teams that are uh, out of it. Yeah, I also thought like, why would we trade him to a contender if we're also contending? That's fair. I was thinking like before the season started. I think I had Nashville as one of my potential destinations. Okay, sure. And you're, you're probably bringing back a D then at that that point. Like you're trying I, to pride defensive because obviously they're not going to give up scoring because that's what they're looking for. No, I. I was thinking uh, picks and okay. potentially a prospect. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I, the way I'm looking at it is ideally Matt Duchesne. If I have to pick one of those players, uh, Dougie Hamilton would be a nice to have, but a not necessary. Uh, and who is the, the third? Braden Shen is it just another like nice to have. If I could get Matt Duchesne, I'd rather Matt Duchesne than Braden Shen. 
Yeah, I agree. Duchesne's the much better player there. So, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other options out there. It's just that those are the ones that I pinpointed. You know, there there, there could be better ones out there. I don't know. Maybe the, the Vegas Golden Knights and try to bring in Brendan Peary and like okay. a, a bunch of picks. I don't know. That's something to you look could at. Do that. But like the Golden Knights are, are rolling right now. That's a contender. Why would you do that? Or maybe you look at Philly and you say like, "Hey, uh, what's up with Shane Goss's bear? You uh, you willing to move on him or something?" Although I I don't think they need firepower up front. They don't need scoring. No, but he has like so much term left. I don't think they would do that. You're right. Like, I'm I'm picking something out of my hat just to keep the conversation going, and I shouldn't. Yeah, I'm. Not, I think at the end of the day, what happens here is they hold on to him. They make the playoffs. Maybe win the f- the first round, maybe not, and then he walks at the end of the year. Maybe unless they can keep him for six. If they can keep him at six, maybe six point five, maybe they keep him. But I I don't think he'll settle for a five hundred thousand dollar increase. I don't. I don't. I don't think, think I'd be willing to. No. I don't think I want the Islanders to do that though. Well, when you look at the wage bill, that, that it's only increasing by half a million. Like they could do that and still bring another quality. But I, I don't I don't think they'll do that. I really don't think they'll do that. And I I wouldn't imagine he would either. That doesn't seem like a smart decision financially for him. You already ha- think of it like this. You already have uh Komarov, Clutterbuck, and Bailey locked in for multiple years. Mm-hmm. Those are three right wingers right there. And you have Oliver Wallstrom too. Yeah. Coming soon. So if you sign Eberly, where the heck is Oliver Wallstrom going to play either not even if it's not next year but let's say it's the following year after that yeah you're right yeah that's something that I didn't consider before opening my dumb mouth that's what we're here for we balance each other out that's okay (laughs) perfect all right let's keep this train rolling Mitch social segment time yes anything for the social segment today um I've yeah I've got a, a few like it's like bees in my bonnets at this point, really, with Canadian media because I'm up here. I get to see all the time. Um, I have one from Sid Cicero, who I don't know if you know who that is. It's a correspondent for Sportsnet. He's got a, t- a show with Tim. It's called Tim and Sid on Sportsnet, and they talk about all kinds of sports. It's a sp- essentially our our version of PTI. Essentially, just not as men- as much bickering between the two of them. He put something out on Twitter, so it's at Sid Cicero, S-A-I-X-E-I-R-O, and says, Montreal Canadiens might be the best story in hockey right now. Excuse me? What? And so I I wrote something saying, I forgot hockey only exists in Canada and that there are no other teams written off in September that are in a playoff spot thanks to a bunch of misfits and a coach who who was on the chopping block from the Stanley Cup winning team. Nope. No teams like that at all. Don't see those. What team could I be talking about? Oh, yeah, the damn New York Islanders. Like, I understand Montreal's a bigger market. You're going to get more clicks. You're going to get more likes when you talk about the Montreal Canadiens and New York Islanders. But come on. Like, at what point do we stop talking about an actual story and just do something for clicks? I know I know, we're in the click business, but, like, we won't overlook something like the, like this. That, that, that'd be like saying... Um, Anthony Bovelli's having one heck of a year. He's coming back. Meanwhile, not saying anything about Robin Leonard whatsoever. Yeah, I... That... I don't get where the logic on that one. I really don't. It's it's Canadian media propping up Canadian product for, 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 for 
views. I, I get it. I get it. It's just, it's frustrating. That that's what we're competing with, especially when it comes to hockey, because sorry guys, it's a Canadian driven uh, sport. That's what happens. And it's just really frustrating, especially up here when you're like, guys, this is an easy story. It's the Islanders. You guys were laughing about them in September. We were all laughing about them in September. This is an easy story. It's a win-win. Come on. A stupid deadspin had them as the worst team in the league. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's frustrating. Uh, and, and did you have one? I, I have one more that I want to bring up. And, it, again, it's kind of related to me, but not really. Okay. Mine is more of a generic thing. Okay. I saw it was the game against St. Louis. Mm-hmm. People on Twitter were talking about the scoreboard, the SUV, and the Barclays Center not being fit for hockey. I was like... Islanders fans? I, I, did I, no, no. Oh. St. Saint Louis, one, one was the guy, Tony X, who discovered hockey oh, in yes. that like, last that playoff year. run. Like, yeah, when was that? Two, three years ago at this point. So I... I just felt like I went into a time capsule and woke up in 2015 all over again. Yeah. I was like, are the Mets in the World Series again? Is my life back in order? No. <laughs> I was still 20, it's 2019, and we are still talking about the stupid car in the corner. Yeah. We know that the Barclays Center stinks. That's You're why four years late. That's why we're going to Belmont, guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I shouldn't laugh at the fact that he discovered hockey last year. I'm glad he discovered hockey last year or two years ago, whatever it was. I'm glad he did. The more fans we have, the better. Um, bandwagon or not, I don't care. Fan is a fan, um, but yeah, like it's an easy joke to make. I, I get it. And it's St. Louis. It's probably not. The, that's why when Montreal comes by, they go like, "Oh, lols! Look at how many people in the seats, lols!" Wow. Yeah, but that'd be like if someone made a Phil Kessel hot dog joke now. Like <laughs> that's still applicable because he's still doing that though. But you're, you're right. I, I get you, and it's it's just frustrating. But like we're we're kind of on the same on the same par with uh with the, both of our. Twitter things. You have one more? I have one more. This is from uh, Steve Warren, or Warning, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, W-A-R-N-E, uh, at TSN Steve, who uh, is quoting uh, Matt Duchesne, who says, I don't know what's going to happen regarding his free agency. Uh, he just had a meeting, he being Matt Duchesne, between Pierre Arterion and uh, his agent, Pat Brisson, friend of the show. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's just been fun coming here every day, and I've been and I've said from day one, it'd be great if it works out. But again, it's a business, and you never know what can happen. And I said, um, CC John Tavares, this is how it's done. Yeah, that's a much better answer <laughs> to that kind of question. Like, obviously, it's just been fun coming here every day. Isn't something that the team captain would say. Um, but you could just not say that and go, I don't know what's going to happen. I've said from day one, it'd be great if it works out, but again, it's a business and you never know, you never know what can happen. Like, I know, like, we're, we're still talking about something that happened, like, o- almost a year ago and that we're trying to get over and we're trying to process, but it's hard when you see something like that and you go, that's how you handle your business. That's how you also- handle your business. It was also the anniversary of that Arthur Staple tweet the other day. Do you see that one? Yes. Right. So just to rehash, I'll, I'll paraphrase it. It was something like Tavares said something to the effect of, I don't see myself playing anywhere else than Long Island. Something to that effect. 
Like, and it's like, oh, th- th- thank you. That that makes me feel really good inside, seeing that <laughs> six months after what we all just went through. Yeah, I'm all uh, warm and fuzzy on the inside now. Yeah. So tough to feel bad for uh, Tavares with that one. Um, did, did we mention this? on? We didn't. We didn't mention this on this pod right now. Uh, I, I, I need to look something up real quick. I just want to look at the scores. Toronto is not playing, so good. So, suck it, Leafs. Keeps on going, whereas we're now 45 games into the season and we are only two points back of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were planning a goddamn Stanley Cup parade in September, or I guess not even in July when John Tavares came by. Uh, guess what, boys? We don't even have him and we're two points behind you. How's it going, Toronto? How's it going? That's suck crazy. It. When Like Generation see, X I, I, suck it styles. At practice, did you see their lines at practice today? No. Austin Austin Matthews and William Nylander were on the third line. <laughs> I love like it. Like if that's what the Islanders were using on their third line, like could you imagine? Like that team only having two more points than the Islanders is wild. When you see that they're running Valtteri Filippo, Leo Komarov, and Michael Del Cole out as their third line. <laughs> Cases Zikas, the CCM line. Shout out to Dan Cena and that one. I heard that on their podcast, and it's just perfect. The CCM line. Oh. Um, just they're getting 14, 15. Cal Clutterbuck got eighteen minutes the the other night, and they're still winning, and they're two points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs. Suck it, Toronto! This <laughs> team doesn't it. make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I guess suck it isn't the right thing to say. Shove it, shove it. There you go. That's a better one. Shove it, Toronto. <laughs> How about that? That's that's better. an interesting one. All right, anything else you want to get into on today's show before we get out of here? No, it just felt good to give some love to Toronto again. Yes, so that'll be coming up rather soon, and Mm. I'm pretty sure we talked about it on this show. Bring it up again. Talk about it on this show. If not, we'll talk about it again. Who cares? So someone started a GoFundMe to get Mitch to come down for the snake game, the return of the snake. Was extremely successful. Yes. And we thank every single person who, the person who made it and everyone who donated because, it, one, it's that's just awesome in itself. But it also means a lot that you guys want both me and Mitch to be there so we can do a pregame show and a postgame show and stuff like that. We'll be there creating content, which is awesome. That's why we love doing this. But the fact that we're going to be able to be there, we're going to tailgate again. I can't wait. It went really well for the home opener at Nassau Coliseum on December 1st. February 28th can't get here soon enough, and it's creeping up just a little over a month away. I can't believe it. It's so close. It's so close. Um, but I, I will be there. It's gonna. Thank you for everyone. I, I'm overwhelmed. I, I, I don't know what to say and how to act. The fact that people donated their hot – maybe not donated, but like gave up their hard-earned money to get me to go to an Islanders game in New York is just insane. Um, so I'm, I'm going to make the most of it. Uh, I'm still looking for hockey equipment, by the way, because I, I want to play hockey while I'm there at the tailgate. I want to go in nets. I've seen people bring their nets. All I need are I need a blocker and I need pads. I don't need you to give them to me. I just need I just need to borrow them for the time. So if you're going to the tailgate, just come by and let's play some hockey. I've got the trapper. I've got the the hat or the hat the helmet. I've got the chest protector. I got a stick. I'll have a jersey. We'll be good to go. I just want to stop some balls. That's all I want to do. Take some shots at me. I am definitely in the business to rip a shot at Mitch. That that will happen. Yes, like slap it. 
Give it all you've got. I don't promise I'm <laughs> going to stop it, but if it hits me, it'll be real funny. It definitely will be funny. So that'll do it for us today. Let's do some plugs before we get on out of here. If you're wherever you're listening to this, rather, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps with our searchability and it allows us to create even more content. We appreciate all the support as always. You can also, where do we want to go next? We'll do social media next. You can follow us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. We do have ourselves a very own app, the Eyes on Isles app, where you can download it and get push notifications when articles are posted. You can also visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. And if you aren't already please make sure to subscribe to the patreon at patreon.com slash eyes on aisles where you can get post game content after every single game and a mailbag episode once a week amazing yeah i, I wanted to shout out we didn't say just the gofundme segment there but I, I wanted to shout out chris for starting it chris that's just ridiculous like wow i have speechless so thank you, Chris, and thank you, everyone. And I will see you on the 28th. See you in person. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. Seeing Mitch twice in two months, very strange for Matthew. Not very rare. Very rare. He's like Santa Claus. He usually <laughs> only comes once a year. I don't bring gifts, though. <laughs> That'll do it for us on episode number 74. We'll talk to you guys next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.